Good evening, everybody. I'm glad you're all here. It's so wonderful to see so many of y'all in here tonight. It's so wonderful. Um, if I'm missing any hellos while I'm going through the show, I'm sorry. It's really hard for me to try to watch the chat. 
and um, talk and think at the same time. So I, I don't do talking and, ch- and chewing and walking at the same time at different times. So anyhow, so tonight's episode is about vaccine injuries. And I changed the title from Covidacy because I felt like it was important to cover all of those that have seen what's happening in our world with all of the people that have gotten vaccines and have had the injuries from them and they're seeing their families. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I do want to start off with um, talking about Dr. Asim Maholtra, and I'm probably saying his name wrong. Dr. Asim was a very respected, prominent uh, member of the medical community. His father was as well. And his father, in July of 2021, after receiving both shots, uh, suddenly died of cardiac arrest. Um, But Dr. Asim says there was no evidence of an actual heart attack. And he actually, Dr. Asim is the editor of the Journal of Insulin Resistance. So he's he's been around and he's seen what many of us have seen. But as a physician, it's great to actually hear some of these speak out. He's been featured on Del Big Tree and some other um, shows as well. I would like to be able to play it, but unfortunately, trying to do this from just mobile only and not have a computer, it's it, I cannot get it to play the music it's only allow it's it will only allow me to play what is already um, bought and purchased on my on my phone so unfortunately I can't play the clip but I will put it in knickknacks on um, telegram so that way y'all could see the videos and y'all can hear some of his um, testimonies and the things that he has discussed it's very Enlightening. A lot of us already know, but to actually have this to share with our families and with our friends that are going through some of this stuff right now or will be, as we've all have been having different battles, um, this would be more information that you can use in your, your toolbox to help guide others. Dr. Asim was once supported and even promoted the COVID vaccines. He he received both shots in 2021 and never even suspected a thing. He actually thought us vaccineers were crazy like some of the other ones. And and which we've heard that before. We've heard that many, many times. Um, but he he says that there is a strong scientific, ethical, and moral case to be made that the current COVID-19 vaccination administration must stop until all the raw data has been subjected to fully independent scrutiny. Which is true, because right now, all the data that we have is mainly off of animals. The people getting the vaccines are the ones that are, you know, the data. They're the the test dummies, unfortunately. And it's really sad that that's what's going on. So to have somebody actually stand up and speak out against this is wonderful. Um, He also goes on into saying... In an article, which I've already shared in Knickknacks, and I've seen it circulating around some, he says, looking to the future, the medical and public health professions must recognize these failings and eschew the tainted dollar of the medical industrial complex. He says it will take a lot of time and effort to rebuild the trust 
in these institutions, but the health of both humanity and the medical profession depends on it. Well, I don't think that anyone in the medical profession is actually going to, or just not in the medical profession, is going to trust these people at all. But he is right on saying that, you know, their their profession definitely depends upon trying to rebuild our trust. But now I see a lot of us are going towards more healthy alternatives, more natural approaches. Um, as we saw not long ago when the, um, I don't remember if it was the CDC or who it was, had advised um, that males 18 to 39 should not get the COVID vaccine. And that's because they were having, it was an 84% increase in cardiac related deaths in those males within 28 days of getting an mRNA vaccine. That is, that's, you know, huge. That's a huge number. I mean, and that's not even the children, you know, the children that are getting these shots that are dying. I, I looked today and was searching just sudden deaths and Every time that you go to search it, it's amazing all the results that come up and what we see. And so it's like, okay, we've got to do something about this because it's one thing for us adults to go and willingly get it. But for the parents to sit there and allow their child to get it, and a lot of them aren't even doing the research. They're not looking. They won't listen. And many of it is many much of it is because they've been told by so many people that have lied to them saying, oh, well, you know, that my doctor said it was OK. I should go get it. And it's not. And finally, the military, thank God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for this is actually looking at stopping the mandatory vaccines, which has been something that we've been praying for for a very long time especially after the resident in diapers was talking about how, oh, well, the pandemic's over, the pandemic's over. And I looked today to find out, well, what's the price going to be of these boosters? Because they're saying now that you're not to be considered fully vaccinated, but up to date. So we know that this is going to be an ongoing thing, probably forever, like they did with the flu vaccines, unless we can really get a hold of this. And we're doing a lot of good. So don't think just because you didn't get one family member to listen to your advice or your recommendation that you're you're pushing against all these mandates and you're pushing for actual factual information. It's it's helping. It really, really is. And so we got to continue to stand strong with this. But it's finally, you know, it's starting to get out. But I looked at it and it's showing one hundred and thirty to one hundred and fifty dollars per Pfizer for each of these boosters. And you know, these people's immune systems are crap now. They, they're having all kinds of other issues. I mean, if they die, and, and it's sad to say this, but, and I hope y'all don't think wrong of me, but those are the ones that are fortunate. The ones that get to, um, you know, be relieved of the suffering from these, the adverse reactions from these vaccines, while the others, we have one of our members that she took the vaccine. I'm not going to call them out by name, but you've probably seen the video in the family room. His wife went and got the vaccine, and now she has struggled to regain her health and, and to function. And I have to say that it's not just, it's not new, but because of the way they treated this pandemic, it is actually finally being seen. 
And, you know, they had the H1N1 swine flu thing when Obama come out when he was running in office. And, you know, they come out with that vaccine and they didn't they didn't do any testing. And I refused. So they asked us I was working in the medical field at the time. They asked us, do you want to get the H1N1 vaccine? And I was like, no, they haven't tested it enough. And like with children, the Gardasil, I don't know if y'all have heard of that or not. It's one to, quote, unquote, prevent STDs and um, ovarian cancer for women. Well, my daughter's pediatrician from the time that my oldest, who's now 20, was 11 years old, started pushing that Gardasil vaccine. And I kept saying, no, 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 because... One, if our, we're teaching our children to abstain from sex at a young age, then they shouldn't be needing to get that vaccine. Yes, I know um, kids, teens will fall into pressure, but I really think a lot of it starts at home and what they see and how they see us acting and our parent, you know, the parents acting is how they're going to act because they're going to mimic what they see. So if we give them the best foundation that we can, then that helps them to know, well, you just don't go out at 14, 15, 16 years old and go have sex. Uh, And God forbid that they did, you know, at least teach them protection to help protect them from some of it. Though I don't condone it, you know, there's, there's ways to prevent it. And these vaccines, they're full of poisons. And in 2014, The reason I changed this episode title into the vaccine injuries is because I'm going to discuss what happened to me, not so much as to woe is me or have any kind of pity or sympathy because I never want that. I always accept prayers and I know I'm not alone in this, but I chose because the hospital I was employed by said I needed an MMR vaccine because I was not up to date and I knew I wasn't up to date from the time I was in seventh grade in the 90s, actually late 80s, early 90s. I knew that I didn't have this vaccine and they wanted it, but I fibbed on, actually I lied. I straight out lied. I'll just be honest. Uh, When I went through nursing school, they required um, up-to-date vaccines and vaccinations. And so I just looked to see when the date was of the MMR when they come out with the second one, because I did have the first as a child. And I looked and I just wrote that date on there. And I, you know, skipped by and I thought I was skidding by. Unfortunately, though, I, I wound up, I took the shot to be able to have this job. It was a great job. Um, Hours weren't so great, but the days were and the benefits were good. I was you know, it was my first real good job out of nursing school. So I was very excited to have it. And I was like, fine, just go ahead and give me this. 2017, I um, started having some issues coming back from Florida. And uh, we had to we had to literally pull over every so often because I had to stop because I felt sick so bad. So I went after that and was seen and they did a CT of my abdomen pelvis. Turns out I had a cyst on the toe of my pancreas. And that's, that's what kind of started the dive into what was going on. I started declining, um, not feeling well, having some fatigue. And 
I didn't know what was going on. And fortunately, the doctor that I saw as my family physician, I also did rounds with at the hospital. So when I was in this office one day, I ordered an ANA panel, which is a, um, it's a panel that checks for the anti-nuclear antibodies. And it come back really, really high. So they sent me to Johns Hopkins. They sent me to a rheumatologist local and then to Johns Hopkins Rheumatology Lupus Center because they thought I had lupus. Turns out that's what they said I did have. Um, they ran so many different tests on me. It was unreal. I had to do MRIs every three months for two years. They were getting ready to take out my pancreas, actually. They were going to remove um, about half of my pancreas. And the surgery was going to be very extensive. And I asked the surgeon if he had ever performed that type of surgery, and he had not. And so I was like, no, we're not going to do this then. And he referred me to Levine Cancer Institute in Charlotte, North Carolina. I went there and was also going to um, John Johns Hopkins and finally got into the neurologist. This was August of 2019, went into Johns Hopkins. They ordered a lumbar puncture. And when they did that, the um, cerebral spinal fluid come back with what they call oligclonal bands. It's O-L-I-G. Oh, goodness. I'd have to write it down. It's O-L-I-G-C-L-O-N-A-L. Sorry, guys. Um, oligclonal bands. And so... When I uh, did that then, then they diagnosed me with neuropsychiatric lupus and um, lupus cerebritis. What that means is that I have inflammation on my spinal column and in my brain. And so they started giving me all kinds of different medicines. I can't tell you how many different medicines. Some, like gabapentin, made me severely crazy. Like, I was very hostile my husband couldn't even hardly tolerate me. And so they stopped that medicine because it got to where I was just like, I can't, this is not, this isn't me. I, I'm a loving person. I can be mean, but I typically am not. I, I, I just don't, I don't like having the meanness in my heart. So after that, um, they tried me on some other medicines, finally got me on Plaquenil, which is H. CQ, um, hydroxychloroquine, which is what President Trump had said, you know, for people to be on whenever the coronavirus come out. Well, here's the tricky thing that happened in early 2020. They sent out a letter um, or an email to people who were lupus patients. And of course, at that time, you know, I was still learning and I wanted to get the updates because I was still nursing. I was doing home health at this time. I was no longer at the hospital. And so I was doing home health at this time. And so I would just get the emails and look at those and see what kind of information was useful, what wasn't. And they said that, you know, our prescriptions for hydroxychloroquine, that we would not be able to get more than a 10-day supply at a time. At this time, I was doing 90 days because I had really good insurance that would cover a three-month supply. And so we did... Um, I did that, and they had everyone that was a lupus patient that wanted to, to actually 
call and write to congressmen to get them to stop the usage of HCQ for people with coronavirus because, you know, they were not going to be able to get their medicine. And at that time, I started questioning things. And I was like, I don't know. This doesn't seem right. And at the time, because I was immune impaired, and with my case, on my impaired immune system, it's not that it doesn't function well. It's the fact that it functions too well. And that's what a lot of immune patients, autoimmune patients suffer from, is their body doesn't distinguish foreign invaders like a, like, say you got a cold virus or exposed to something like that. Well, our normal bodies will see that and it'll, you know, recognize it from before and say, oh, okay, we got to take this out. Unfortunately for my body, my body doesn't see the difference between good and bad. It just goes haywire and goes into attacking everything. So it's like having our military pretty much fight itself, which is what a lot of our soldiers have gone through with this COVID vaccine, you know. And so I had to start being really cautious. And because I was on immunosuppressants, I was on, I think, four or five different immunosuppressants at that time. And they were wanting me to do even infusion therapy, which I refused. And so I I was afraid. I was very afraid. And even as a nurse, I told my children before they mandated the mask and, and all of that crazy stuff, I had them wear masks and, you know, even wear gloves. I, I was the OCD mom that, oh, no, y'all aren't touching anything. And when they ordered that, people started wearing masks. And President Trump was talking about how many masks that he was sending out. I don't know if y'all recall seeing the nurses dressed up in the garbage bags or not, but it was during this time. And I figured up, he said he'd sent out like 250,000 and I'd done the math and I'm like, okay, so, you know, there's usually every four hours a nurse has to make a round on a patient to check on them, to do um, assessments see if they need anything, even if they haven't called. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I know standard precautions and I know what to do. This isn't enough. This is not going to be enough. And when they had the Ebola panic, you know, we, our hospital went crazy with that and was ordering all the suits and, and that kind of thing. So it made me start questioning. I was like, this isn't adding up. Something doesn't seem right. Why? Why are they, for one, they don't even have enough masks to, to give the healthcare workers to wear, you know, because it was like one mask per 12 hour shift for one person. So only one person could go in that room. And, you know, masks aren't reusable. They're supposed to be disposable. And that's how they keep the bacteria and stuff like that from getting into your body. You can't, you're not supposed to, you know, touch it and rebreathe it in. It's bad for you. And so I was doing the math and I was thinking how this was not adding up. And instantly at that time, I was like, this, this is wrong. So I, I started looking and researching, which brought me into Q and into what many people were seeing as the great awakening. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful even, I don't know what Q was, is, still is. It doesn't even matter to me. It really opened up so many people's eyes to what may be going on, not only with 
vaccines and COVID, but also with um, the child trafficking, with, you know, being able just to follow the money leads to see who's doing what, where, you know, so we could find that out. It led to more people actually reading. It led to many people getting involved locally in politics with their school boards with homeschooling, oh my goodness, the numbers of homeschooling children went up exponentially. It was probably, gosh, I I would say probably 75% of the people that I talked to started homeschooling for the very first time. And it was amazing um, to, to witness that and see so many people getting involved, not only myself, but it started feeling like things were starting to make sense. Like, All of these corporations were working together to undermine us as parents and as people and as human beings. And they start with our children in the schools. And I, thankfully I was always involved with my children's school. So I knew more of what was going on than many others. There's been many parents that, you know, it's very sad to see and to hear, but they were excited for summer to be over. And to see, you know, their children go back to school. Me, I'm like, no, I love having my children at home. I don't want to send them back off again. It's fun having them here. We do all all kinds of fun things at home. And, you know, once they go off, then, you know, everyone knows how it goes. When you start the school year, it gets in the blink of an eye. Here we are. We're now almost at Christmas already again, you know, and another year goes by and things start changing again so you know I was one of those that never wanted to be you know away from my children and but at the same time homeschooling at that time it was such a rarity that I was scared I didn't know how to step out and do that and by the time it got to that point my children my oldest was actually my oldest two my stepson and my daughter were juniors and my youngest was a freshman and I was like okay do I go ahead and pull her out now and I didn't um I let them stay to finish it actually they were seniors I was kind of debating it when they were juniors they were seniors when the whole COVID shutdown happened and so I was like well I don't want to pull them off of you know their senior year which unfortunately they didn't even get to go back and then my my youngest, you know, she's now a senior and it's been something that's been a very tough decision and something I've had to pray on. And looking back now, I kind of wish that I would have just pulled them when I first thought about it instead of going back and forth and that struggle in my mind. Because just last week in the mail, I got a card. Um that was, you know, one of the American Red Cross blood donor cards. And I was familiar with those because I did used to give blood um, up until 2020. I was a, a very avid blood donor and would try to help out because I was like, oh, they need our blood. They, they're they always talking about blood shortages. And so I was like, okay, I know what this card is. Open it up because it was addressed to my daughter who was a minor. She's 17. I opened it up and found out she had donated blood. And I recalled when she asked me if she could, and I told her no. And so I I got to speaking with her about this. And 
she said that, you know, she didn't think no was a good enough answer for it. And I told her that, you know, if she needed a good explanation, she should have asked because I had my own reasons, you know, just like children at 17. And that's the law in South Carolina. Children 17 or older do not have to have a parental consent to donate blood. 16 and younger do. But if you really think about it, these teenagers, I know I was a very slick teen and I would sign. I know it's wrong, but I would sign If I had a bad report card, I'd sign for that sucker and get it in before my parents saw that thing. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, you know, so, you know, these kids can be signing these forms for their parents and not even, you know, the parents not even know. So I called the American Red Cross and asked them about it, and they gave me the law code, and I looked at it, and I was just appalled so bad at how this had gotten passed through. And unfortunately, the time that it got passed through was during the bummer. And I do say a bummer because he was a bummer administration. And I noticed that a lot of different laws changed at that time. Um, just like with the, the laws to protect minors against sexual predators that changed as well. And so I was like, you know, we've got to stand up and do something about this and, and stop this because who knows how many children You know, they were offering at one point, we did a big protest here in one of the neighboring counties because they were trying to offer $100 for these students to go get jabbed. And their parents, you know, who knows if their parents knew or not. Thankfully, mine didn't. But I was just so appalled. So it's so important. You know, even I don't want to be the hypocrite here, but I'm going to be. If you've got children in public school. And what, even as, as a senior, it sounds awful. Stay involved, stay on top of everything with your school board. And if you, you know, if you don't or if you can't hold them, there's so many other people that will be willing to help you get started on homeschooling your children that you've got to let go of that fear because if not, they're indoctrinating our children in these schools, no matter if you've got the most Bible belt loving area or not, it can happen any and everywhere. And it has happened everywhere. There's athletes all the time. They're dropping dead. There's not even just athletes. There's, you could just pull up, like I said, the sudden death and you'll see them. And those are the ones that I This is sad to say, but those are the fortunate ones that aren't suffering from long-term vaccine injuries. So it's so important to make sure that you just get them out of there. Pray, 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 pray. God will provide the way. If you have that faith and you have that trust, he's going to open that door for that. And I notice while doing my research now, um, I see that sudden acute death syndrome. I noticed that today. Lori, I saw that where they're doing um, the SADS and SUDS, sudden unexplained um, death syndrome. And they're they're trying to really cover this up as much as they can. Even that doctor, Dr. Asim, after he went against what their narrative is, now they're trashing him, saying his publications aren't good. And this man was doing work on insulin resistance. I mean, that's something diabetes and insulin resistance has been something that's been talked about for a very long time now. So 
why now do they decide to scrutinize his work? It's because they're getting paid to do that. So it's very important that we we go out there and we promote those that are telling the truth, those that are speaking out, because there's lingering effects. Like with me today, you know, I it was a struggle. And I, I thank my brother, MSM Liars, for sharing this song with me this morning in the family room because I was laying in bed and this was horrible, but I didn't know if I was going to be able to walk today. And I, I kind of am very concerned on a daily basis on when I can walk and when I can't walk because it's, it's scary. After they did, like I said, they did that lumbar puncture and it was nine of those oliclonal bands in 2020, I believe that was by 2020. Two earlier this year, they repeated the test. It had went up to 11. The minimum for um, multiple sclerosis diagnosis is five. So it's an extreme number, and there's no way to get those down. Um, I have been looking into research, and Dr. Lee Merritt has been wonderful. If y'all go to the medicalrebel.com, she's got so much good information on her website that can help people um, be able to um, use uh, like ivermectin and Panacur C with some other things that you can actually get in order online through pharmacies that are, are able to help reverse some of this stuff. They've come out with many things now that people that were taking ivermectin have been cured of cancer. They've been cured of so many other things that it's amazing. And, you know, they, they're trying to hide these treatments. Just like I heard in Australia, they've banned people from being able to order this stuff online and in the pill form. Because I, I don't know about y'all, but even the taste of Pepto-Bismol in my mouth makes me want to gag. So I was just like, yeah, I need a pill on this. I'm a wuss. I don't do, I don't do the, the horrible bad taste. I like stuff that tastes good. I'm a southerner. We like sweets, fats, and meat. That's our food groups. Sweets, fats, and meats. So I don't do well with that kind of thing, but it's sad that they're preventing us from getting to these, these cures. And most of the causes are parasites. And if you think about it, we deworm all of our animals for all sorts of things pigs, cows, um, we deworm our chickens, you know, our dogs, our cats. So why, 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 why do we not deworm ourselves is beyond me. Is it because it sounds gross? Yeah. Yeah. It does sound gross to think about you having parasites and worms and things like that in your body, but Yeah, our circulatory system is very similar to a pig. So if they're going to be able to get worms and parasites, then, I mean, it's stupid to think that humans can't get that as well. You know, it's just something that, oh, they figured it out and then they tried to hide it so that way they can continue to pump us full of all kinds of pharmaceuticals that are getting people even more sick. You know, my grandmother used to tell me, when they, it was back when you, this may help date it a little so y'all can recall the time because I can't remember the year, but 
Do y'all remember the Winn-Dixie lady that said, where's the beef? Well, that lady, when it was around that time when she did that commercial, where's the beef? And they were trying to do pork, the other white meat. Pork, first off, if you take pork, and I love, I love, 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 love my bacon. Don't get me wrong. I love my country ham. I love ham. But gross thing here, if you have pork, you set it outside, some pork chops outside, you could set raw beef outside too if you want to do a controlled experiment. That pork is going to grow maggots. And yes, I'm sorry. I did say that. Don't mean to make anybody lose their stomach. Yeah, sorry, Tim. But it will, it will grow that. And I learned that nutrition class back in the 2000s. So we're eating these meats, uh, especially like a lot of people like to eat undercooked pork or, um, beef and I'll eat. I love my steak medium rare. I love my burgers medium. You know, I, I, I don't want it cooked all the way through. I like it like that, but we have to, you know, take preventative measures, even working out in the garden. You don't even have to eat meat. You know, if you don't want to eat meat, fine. That's more for us, but you could be out working in your garden and in the soil and wind up You can wind up, you know, just getting something under your nails. Say you get a scratch or get something that itches on your nose. You scratch your nose. That microscopic bacteria or parasite could wind up going into your nose because the points of entry are your nose, your ears, the mouth, and any broken sores on the skin. So, and just like under our arms and under the back of our legs, we have natural staph bacteria. You know, we had the MRSA scare that's been going around for probably 20-something years now. And so, you know, that's stuff that's normally there anyway. So you have to go ahead and, and, and prep and treat that kind of stuff before. And if not, then guess what? You need to deworm yourself. And I know it's it's gross. I can't stand the thought of it, but... It's what we need to start doing. And the more people that I'm seeing that are doing that, the more I'm seeing them getting well. Like Dirt Road Discussions, they do testimonials and things like that on the ivermectin protocol. And it's been amazing to, to see. We have one of our own mods that has done ivermectin. And the, the things that I've heard, you know, increased lifting ability. Um Increased muscle mass, decreased joint pain, increased vision. It's amazing what it's doing. And so I think that we really need to start actually looking at what we're, you know, putting into our stomachs and into our bodies. And I mean, I think everybody should definitely at least do a once over ivermectin protocol. Now, I am not saying to go do it. I'm not a doctor. I'm not trying to give medical advice. I'm just giving an opinion here of what I have seen. And um, Punky, I will share that um, with you. I don't have it right now. There's several places you can order it. Okay, Tam's going to DM you. Great. Thank you, Tam. There's several different places. And Dr. Lee Merritt on her site has it as well. Um, 
on the, if you scroll down on the bottom, actually it's not even on the bottom right now. It's on the, um, the top, my home guide to parasites. There has in there, it has where to get the things and stuff. I'm going to share the link, the PDF right now here. Um, uh, it has where you can, um, purchase it. And you can actually get the pills instead of the paste. So if you're like me and don't want the paste, you could do the pills. But I've heard and seen wonderful things with the paste as well. Um, it is cheaper, but there's a lot of it you have to buy. And so doing the math, unless you buy the ivermectin in a bulk, which is going to save you the most money, the pills really do kind of work out to be your best bet. And they do offer um, free shipping. So that helps a lot. Um, I know she said the Panacurse C and then there was something else that's listed on her um, website that has that information. I know Scott has had her on the show a few times and she's wonderful. Like she is very down to earth when you meet her and speak to her. I got the pleasure of meeting her at Bard's Fest and, and she's really wanting to help people. Dr. Sherry Tenpenny has been one. Doctor, um, oh, and Del Bigtree. He's not a doctor, I don't believe, but Del Bigtree has been one. The graphene is bad in that um, on the the vaccines, but it's not the the whole thing, you know, because even without having, you know, most of them more modern, especially from probably I'd say 2016, 2017 on are those mRNA vaccines, and they do have the graphene oxide in it. Um, but just like with, with what they developed on this COVID vaccine with the mRNA technology, it came out, um, and I think they were using MS patients as well as people that were getting the MMR. I, I strongly believe that they used that to test and experiment to create this new super killer jab is what I call it. Um, and I also want to say, because not many know this, but on, on what happened with me, because I went to Johns Hopkins, the specialist that I saw there, um, we emailed back and forth because I was out of state and it was a, a good distance to get back and forth up there. And so when COVID pandemic come out, I had asked him multiple times over, you know, different periods, what was, um, you know, what he was seeing was any of his lupus patients that were on hydroxychloroquine or HCQ, were they developing COVID? And at that time, no, this was April. I asked him again in May. No. Again in June. No. Late. June, early July, I get a letter of his resignation. He left Johns Hopkins and he was the head of the department there. So I was very surprised. It's Dr. George Stojan, S-T-O-J-A-N. It was amazing to actually see that the lupus patients that were on hydroxychloroquine were not getting this so-called COVID virus. It was also funny to note that in November of 2019, many people were getting very, very sick. Um, my home health patient, for one, had a tracheostomy. And normally, 
I would only have to suction that about every five to six hours. I went to having to suction that every five minutes. Um, not literal. It, it was less than 10 minutes. And it was so frequently that he was running out of supplies. We had to get more supplies ordered and get a prior authorization to be able to have those extra supplies. And even having to reuse some of them, you know, of course, I tried my best to keep them as clean as I could, soap and water, but there was just not enough stuff there. And so he went into the doctor. The doctor checked him, did a flu swab, flu swab come back negative. The chest x-ray come back, showed some infiltrates. He thought it was pneumonia and a type of flu that just didn't read on um his testing strips, which, you know, they only, when they check you for flu, they only check for type A and B when they flu swab you. And that's why they do two swabs. They're checking one with one swab, one with the other. There's over 300 something strands of the flu virus. So there's, there's many different types and it's not going to all pick off. Plus these tests, they run off of the PCR, which is exactly what they do when they're titrating you to detect the ANA antibodies, they run it at a ratio and you have to be at a minimum, I think it was one to 120 for it to be positive because there's so many false positives. Well, in the case of, um, with the COVID-19 test, they didn't, they had their, their numbers down to where like, I think it would pop positive on like a one to 20 ratio, which was absurd because everybody would test positive for it. And then, you know, not only that, what is on these? Because most of the swabs are coming from China. China was where they developed the, the coronavirus and mutated it at in the Wuhan lab. And so you know, when they did their games and stuff, the the military games, it was right after that when people here started getting sick. And even Johns Hopkins did um, an event, I think it was event 201, and it was a global pandemic disaster scenario of what would you do? What would you, what, what would happen in this event? And so it just really made so many things suspicious on what was going on with that. And it all just started lining up to where it was starting to see how how much we were being lied to and still are being lied to on it. So I, I just thought it was important to kind of share a little bit of my story and what's going on. Since the diagnosis of lupus, I have had entrapped nerves, inflamed nerves, um, joint issues. There's been um, the brain fog, which causes issues with, like, trying to come up with the right thoughts or words. Like, even something as simple as trying to ask for a hand towel. Sometimes it gets to where you can't recall what that item is. And it's it's caused seizures. It causes all kinds of neurological issues. Those neurological issues so far have not been fixable. Um, it's very hard when you get anything going on with the nervous system to correct it. And, you know, I've had others talk about how even like in some of the chemicals 
often thinks that they've had some of the same type symptoms just from being around different chemicals and pesticides. And we're seeing a very big uptick on on the cases of people having such severe severe illnesses. And I mean, it, it, a lot of it's the air and the food that we're eating, but it's other things like these vaccines, like these drugs. Like I was saying, like with the Winn-Dixie thing, I'm sorry I got off topic on that, but my grandmother used to say how, you know, when they started doing the ads on TV for, for prescriptions, she was like, oh, well, they're gonna give you this pill and then they give you that long list of side effects. And she's like, yeah, they're going to give you this one. Then you got to take this pill for this side effect, this pill for that side effect. And before you know it, you're on a hundred different medicines. And it's insane. We do have to get off the pharmaceuticals. Yes, Steve, you are completely correct because there's so many other natural remedies that are out there. God give us what we need in our own surrounding areas. Unfortunately, for people that are in the bigger cities where they've destroyed all of the, the natural growth of plants and trees, it's harder to find. But you can hopefully um, the natural parks or the state parks, um, those kind of places you can still go hike into. And I, I've talked about it before, but the app picture this is wonderful, especially if you're out in the woods hiking. And you find something, you're like, oh, that's neat. What is that? You could take a picture of it. It tells you exactly what it is. And so you can go up and look at it and and learn about what that plant is. God gives us so many of those things that is right here for us, just like with poison ivy. Generally, the cure to treat poison ivy, if you get it on you, is near that plant that's going to cause you issues. So... You can go out there and, and harvest that thing, those things that you can use to treat them. Just like Angie has talked about, um, with the tinctures and with, you know, doing your own, um, homeopathic remedies and things like that. There's so much stuff that we can do. We just have to start looking into it and, and just becoming more aware. Now it is, it is, area dependent and we're all you know there's people right here you know that are from all over the world so it, it's what's in your area that's going to help you generally um treat the things that you're going to see unfortunately if you're like me and we're vaccine injured by something you know it's a little bit harder but there are methods out there that will help you and help you get a grasp on it um, it's just doing the research and just getting out there and looking to find what works for you and what will help you. Now, you definitely want to make sure if you're going out looking, you know, there's um, a great guide that Jenny had shared. Um, and Jenny, if you can share that link on the um, that prepper book that you posted the other day, it was really good. Um and I, I'm actually ordering that as soon as I can because it was a wonderful. I saw it and I got to looking into it and I was like, this is a great book. I'm trying to see if I can pull it up now because I saved it. Herbal Medic, a green beret's guide to emergency medical preparedness and natural first aid. It's by Sam Kaufman, C-O-F-F-M-A-N. 
He is the founder of Herbal Medics Academy. I looked at this book. There is not a PDF online, so you will have to go buy the book. Um, yes, the okay, that's the first aid book. But there's some other ones that are also um, have the plants. Doesn't that one also have the plants that you can look out for um, out in the wild, Jenny? I know I've seen some somewhere that somebody had posted about a really good um, herbal plant identification um, book that can give you, you know, your basics. And you can use that, it, like, especially if the grid goes down, if something happens and you don't have, that's it. Lost Book of Herbal, herbal Remedies. Thank you so much, Jenny. Um, if you If you don't have... Even like if you're in the mountains or if you're out hiking, you know, cell service can go spotty. So if you find things, then you definitely want to be able to look it up. And even if it's not something you're going to use, if it's somewhere that's close to your area, grab, grab part of it. Bring it back with you. Make you a scrapbook of these plants. Write down what the name of it is, what the use is and where you found it. So that way you can go back to that area. And find it again, just like with ginseng root. When you're um, hunting and harvesting ginseng root, typically, you know, most people won't tell you where to go find it. But once you know that spot where it's at, then you can go back to that spot if you can recall where it is and go find it. If you have pictures of what the plant looks like, even like early, mid, late, you can make your own book to, to specific to your area that will help. And that would be something that would be so valuable. Um, I talked about it with Echoes. Hey, sweetie, I see you're here. Um, I talked to her about it because I want to be able to pass down to my daughters when, you know, if they inherit this land, which they will, they can know what's here and what's on this land. So that way it's not something that's lost. So many people have lost this information or never even really knew it over time because, you know, society's trying to dumb us down uh, and make us into consumers of convenience. And I think that's a great idea. Drawing maps is a wonderful idea um, because then, you know, the terrain as well, you know exactly how to get back there. And so that's, that's some very useful things to um, be able to have in your toolkit for preparedness. Um, if and when something was to happen, um, it seems like more and more, the closer that things seem to heat up, it seems like it's inevitable. I myself personally feel, as as Jeff has said before, that we are in the end times. I'm not trying to scare anyone or panic anyone, but it does feel like, like so many eyes have just been opened so fast and so many things that are happening that follow into scripture. It follows into Ezekiel and to revelations and or revelation, not with an S that it's, it's becoming very apparent that we are at a, a precipice now. And the most important thing is to make sure that you and your family are all right with God, that you have the word in your heart. And if you don't help guide them, to where, you know, they can, whether it be in a book or a story or something, you know, help guide them. Don't, don't pressure them to where they run away from Christ. 
but you you definitely want to be able to let them you know see and experience the love that Christ has for us all because he loves each and every one of us and he's going after those lost right now and so it's important that we find them and that we we reach out to them you know i was listening to pastor Benny Tate yesterday at Rock Springs Church and he was talking about the 6 year old boy who um a lot of the churches that I've been to, or at least here, if you're a newcomer, they give you this little welcome back. And um, it's usually, you know, nice little things that are in there just kind of make you feel appreciated for attending. This little boy went and got him a T-shirt and asked for 20 of those bags and went door to door and was passing them out. And I thought that was just the most amazing thing because he was trying to invite people in his community at six years old. Now, I'm hoping and praying that his parents were with him. I'm sure they probably would but he was going door to door inviting people to church and I know that a lot of the churches are corrupt but we can invite them to have church at our homes Um, it doesn't mean that we just have to go to a building we can have church at home and invite people over I've seen a few members that have actually tried to start home churches Um, unfortunately a lot of it you know with one it it just didn't work out, but, you know, just taking that step, as the, the saying, the quote goes, if you build it, they will come, you know, just taking that step and inviting someone means a whole lot, you know, just like going in, you know, taking somebody a plant that you grew from seed, you know, you, it doesn't take much, but if you Go and, you know, share a plant with them that you grew. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't take much, but you can get them into growing, you know. So it's very important that, especially right now, we reach out to everyone that we can and just try to help them and guide them to Christ. And if not, then we pray for them, you know, because that's that's what we ultimately have to be doing right now is just praying and seeking Father's guidance and all this, even through, you know, what's going on with me, it's, it's been a struggle, both mentally, physically, and emotionally to, to understand the what's and the why's, and I finally figured out that it's not for me to solve the what and the why, but it's more for me to just go as Father leads, and, and let him guide and I've seen so many wonderful things. It's happened not just with me, but with many other people that they are seeing their lives change. And I'm watching their lives change um, from what they were just three years ago or two years ago or six months ago. And all it took was one person reaching out to them and saying, hey, I care about you. I want to help you. Would you like to come to church with me? Jesus loves you. Find a verse of scripture that rings out to you and learn that scripture and and, you know you can use that scripture to help someone else tell them your Jesus story you know how and why you know God found you and you found them him you know it's it's just it's very important that we don't focus on the negative stuff that has happened to us but the positive things that we can still do until father calls us home because none of us know when our time card is going to be punched. But we know that if we do all that we can while we're here on this earth, that Father's going to glorify us in heaven and we're glorifying his name down here. 
and it's going to be repaid tenfold. And it says that in scripture. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and close tonight. I thank you all for being here. We're going to say a prayer, so if you'll bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time to allow us to be here today to worship, um, to have everyone in the live chat as well as those that may listen later. I just pray that you are with them, that you bless them with, and meet all of their needs that they may have, that you let them know that they're not alone, that you love them, and that you have them find one person this week to go touch and reach and, and spread your message to them, Father God. I pray that, you know, our sister Nancy who's going through so much right now that you continue to use her father to glorify your name, that you remain, keep her free from pain and suffering because we know that you don't want any of your children to suffer. Father God, I lift up our brother MSM liars as he's got some hand, got a hand injury as, and he's having surgery tomorrow. So I pray that you're with the doctors and the surgeons that are operating on him. For all of our BDAS and, and Bards FM members or Kilted Christian clan, just be with all of them, Father God, and, and just be with everyone here. Be with our children, most importantly, Father. And I, I just want you to, to help enlighten those and open the eyes and the ears so they will be more receptive of the messages that we're bringing to them. For them to stop the madness and the insanity with these vaccines and these poisons that are harming them that are, are taking control of, of lives and killing so many. Father, we want every single person to hear and, and to see that you love them and that your promise is, is everlasting and that no soul is ever lost to the devil, even the most wicked of the wicked. Fancy Nancy Pelosi, Father God, we pray that you even help her to repent and to come to you, Father. I, I pray so heavily that you are with those that that seek our demise, that you go into their hearts and, and, and you break those chains that are holding them back and, and you release them from whatever evil that is holding them bound. Father, we love you and, and we have the most precious gift and blessing that anyone could ever have. And that's our Lord Jesus Christ as our savior for that blood that he shed on that cross was the most beautiful thing that anyone could ever receive. So in that, we thank you so much, Father. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All righty, guys. Well, thank you all so much, so, so much for being here. And like I said, you know, I didn't want to share what had happened to me for for anything other than maybe that could be a tool to help you help someone else that may be thinking about one of these vaccines or, you know, even reconsidering their treatment that, that, that are, um, excuse me, that they are taking. So they don't go down this path that they don't have to go through the suffering. You know, if we could just save one person or help one person from this message, then it's, it's definitely worth putting it out there I was scared for so long because I was afraid of of what it may do to my career but I'm not a nurse any I mean I'm still a nurse but I'm not going to be nursing in the field that I used to nurse in because it's it's not me and and like this doctor here he was saying that he can't go on doing his profession the way that he did because he sees it for what it is. It's a medical industry. 
it, it's just a money money maker by, by snake oil salesman. So don't let don't let that interfere in your life and God's mission for you. Know that there are many, many other methods. They may taste like dirt, like the iron weed. They may be, you know, it may take some time to make. Like with the tinctures, they take time. You have to prepare. But they, and ferments. Fermenting is such a wonderful thing. Um, Just even like sauerkraut. Sauerkraut is actually a dewormer for your dogs. So while we were talking about dewormer, you know, that's something that was that's also good for your dogs they're hiding that from us but many of us on the be dead gardening channel are starting to ferment together i'm getting ready actually this week i didn't get to go to the grocery store today because it was between the doctors and and hurting today i was i, I was exhausted so i didn't go but i'm going tomorrow to go get my apples i have my vinegar and i'm going to start making this apple juice, uh, fermented apple juice that Fred, a.k.a. Rita, shared on the Garden Channel that looks and sounds amazing. And so I, I suggest if you're not on the Garden Channel, I will get that link and share it here. We don't usually keep it public, and it's not public now. Um, but thankfully, it the chat's not saved, so it's okay. And everyone here is, I think most everyone here is already part of it. Um, the first link is for Nikki Mitnack. It's for the show. And I put some of the articles that I will have on the show and videos that I can't get to play. I will post in that room. And as well as I'm going to go ahead and post the garden room link. So that way you guys can, um, if you're not already in there, I think most of you here are. But if you're not, you can go in there. And like I said, Fred, a.k.a. Rita. She shared this recent link right here that's just now coming up. That's the garden. She shared this awesome apple juice recipe for fermented apple juice. So if anything else, yeah, let's start making some fermented apple juice together. I'm going tomorrow to get the stuff. Let's all go get the stuff. We can make fermented apple juice. And we're going to heal each other one person at a time. So thank you all so much, everyone, for being here. I'm going to play a little bit of music. And then um, I'll probably do a song or two and then close it out. So that way I don't burn y'all out on the exact same songs over and over again. I'm just able to play what's on my Apple Music until I can get more tech literate with this pod bean. But I hope everyone has a blessed and wonderful night. Um, Scott is not doing Bards FM tonight or Fishers of Men, as far as I know. But I, I'm pretty certain Duncan will be having Kilted Christian tonight. And I just hope that everyone has a blessed night. I hope to see y'all on Kilted Christian. If I can make it up that late, I will try. But I love you all. And I, okay, yes, Levin's saying yes, he will be on for Kilted Christian. So Kilted Christian's going to air on Podbeam tonight at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. And I believe that would be 9.30 Central Time. So y'all go check that out. And we'll get some music going. Y'all have a wonderful, blessed night.
days of darkness Wish we'd known We'll blow away With this new sun But I
This truck needs a half tank. These wheels need a two lane. This radio needs three songs to play to get me across town to you. That dress needs to slip off. That hair needs to come down. Friday nights need to do what Friday nights need to do. That's the truth. Yeah, birds need bees and ice needs whiskey. Boys like me need girls like you to kiss me. Fishing in the dark needs nitty gritty. Under that pale moon. Sweet tea needs that sugar stirring. Small town nights need both this burning shades need drawing. Hearts need falling. Boots need knocking. Knocking boots. Knocking boots. Me and you. Oh. Long weeks need a weekend. Cheap drinks need a sling in. That dance floor needs some me on you. And you want me tonight.
Stay here. I know. 